Good morrow and welcome to another Open Tech Cast, the podcast that refreshes the parts that others can't reach. We're back to normal this time with a slightly reduced crew, as sadly Amit can't make it today. I've been mostly working on stuff that's been redacted, so I can't go into any details here. What's everyone else been up to? Alex? Uh, I've been busy, busy recruiting people, actually. So um, I don't normally talk about the company I work for, but I, I work for a company called Rackspace, a big American IT company. We do uh, manage cloud and all sorts of different bits and pieces. And um, I've been involved in starting up a graduate program, um, which has been eye-opening, I will definitely say, because what people are being taught these days wow. in things like computer science degrees it's very different to what I did when I was a when I was a comp sci grad, um, so that's that's been my um, a lot a lot of the work I've been working on. I mean, you look at look at the kind of things that they're learning today. It's it's very 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 broad, uh, but not actually mm, that deep. Yeah, definitely. Um, so when I did it, it was all about programming, and you did a bit of other stuff, and it seems to have flipped it on its head these days. So what about you, Arthur? What have you been up to? Well, I've been. First of all, busy with work, as you normally expect. That's my always ready-made excuse. Uh, but then I uh, went for a week to Tech Field Day as well. Uh, in fact, Cloud Field Day 4, it was, uh, to be very specific. Um, uh, it was coming up. I thought that I should uh, apply for it as a delegate when I was planning to just watch it. And uh, Simon uh, Stephen Foskett just sent me an invite saying that, uh, would you like to join us? That's awesome. So, so for those people who don't know what um, the Tech Field Day events are about, what, do you want to just give us a quick uh, a quick overview? Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, it's basically um, an influencer uh, event, uh, tech event. Where so Tech Field Day is the one, uh, the umbrella event, where, which started about nine years ago, um, uh, and then it was talking about they were talking about in that session networking, storage, tech in general. Um, those sort of um, items, but then it became so popular that um, very quickly uh, spread into all those specific events like Cloud Field Day that I went to. Um, so you become a delegate, uh, you apply for it, and if uh, the relevant topics that you are interested in come up, then you get invited. Companies present. Now, the different thing about that particular event is that it's very technology-focused, so less marketing and more um, tech. Uh, you get to ask questions. It's all live, streamed around the world. People watch it. Um, and you can also participate. Uh, you know, when you, you send a tweet in, in to, uh, to one of the delegates using the hashtag, and they ask that question. So it's very interactive in that sense, uh, very informal. So it's a very good event uh, to attend if you, if you can. Awesome, and uh, so they they always have different, obviously different companies. Some new startupy kind of companies, and some more established players. You know, the likes of the Intel's and the EMC's of the world. So, so what uh, what were the companies that you were that you were seeing at this one? And was there any that were particularly interesting that jumped out at you? Yeah, um, I can go into detail yeah now or later, or maybe uh, in a bit. Uh, but the companies actually that were present this time. Uh, was Softness? Oh, yeah. uh, it's a storage company. Um, so cloud storage uh, is what they focus on. Uh, Aviatrix, uh, which is uh, pretty much a cloud networking company, uh, multi-cloud. Uh, Lightstep. It's it's a new startup actually. Uh, they're in their second round of funding, I think. Um, 
and they do application monitoring. Um, but very interesting because it's not your traditional application monitoring. Uh, it's designed for, say, distributed um, microservices-based architectures as well. Um, then there was Cohesity. Um, on the very last day, I attended uh, at Cohesity's uh, offices and Veritas. Veritas. Um, wow. Are those guys still going? Yes, yes. Uh, they've been rebooted, if you like. Um, so, yeah. Did I also see you went to visit SETI somewhere as well? Or was that just me going completely mad? No, no, that's absolutely right. Because as part of that event, uh, Stephen Foskett and the team actually arranges uh, many other things as well. So you, I don't know, jump into a limo, um, a proper stretch limo, um, mm. and um, you get taken to various places. So not only vendors, but also activities. So whatever time is left, if there is any between sessions, then you get to do other activities as well. And SETI was one of those things where I went to. Um, cool. I, saw, I saw the photos from um, Ken Nalbone at the In-N-Out Burger. <laughs> yes. And uh, yeah. you've probably seen, uh, I've, actually, I posted uh, my post today as well. Um, so if you haven't looked at it, uh, have a look. Uh, some of the pictures are in there as well uh, of mine. Uh, so, so whatever I took. Um, and so for so people it, who aren't familiar with that, where can they get your uh, posts? Uh, my posts are on my website, atharabeg.com. Um, uh, the latest post is that, so you should find it at the top. Uh, but any any post to do with CFD4 uh, are just about to come out. By the time this uh, podcast comes out, it'll probably be nice. already out, uh, most of them. So, so okay. I, I covered the event in today once, uh, but then tomorrow and the day coming, uh, I will be writing about those other company and their products as well. Excellent. Cool. Awesome. And uh, what about Gareth? Gareth, what have you been up to? Um, Techie related. Um, I've been doing the good old fashioned panic VMware upgrades before the uh, 17th of September. Um, <laughs> got a few more farms left to go, but hey <laughs> um, And the most odd thing, techie wise, um, playing with PDQs and also creating our own mobile network APN and trying to architect that. That's That's been a challenge. Um, but yeah, that's just something different. Um, making a network over a mobile network, masquerading it behind lots of clever nets, so you have a private mobile network. Um, that sounds like yeah. a blog post and a half. It, it will be once I've got the last few bits. I'm, I'm working with vendors. I've found some little hiccups here and there, but it's going to be very cool. Um, it is to do with some of the stuff our company do. Um, I'm going to mm-hmm. give away the non-techie side of it. Um, there's been... Um, really intriguing me the last couple of weeks is um the company i work for own a football club which will probably give it away um and they've become the world's first vegan and carbon neutral football club um so we've hit a lot of press especially in the states on um things like cnn espn um and if you are interested go check out forest green rovers um it's not techie at all but it is really interesting to know <laughs> there is no meat on site which as an it guy it was like what come again um but the food Sorry, is let, let's just roll back to that one because yeah. I think you just broke my brain. The first vegan <laughs> football club. What yeah. what does that mean? They they have no meat on site at all, and all their diets are complete kind of vegan. Yeah, I remember diet. reading about all the players. This. Yeah, Sorry? yeah, including yeah, yeah, the players. Yeah, players. Everything they've they've done all the maths. They've got their own really cool kitchen. That I've walked past. Um, as you can probably guess, that involves us at certain points with certain techie stuff. 
um, and it's really, really quite unique. And you know, that's the first. I, you did exactly what I did. Everyone looked at me as the IT guy, going, "How's he going to cope? There's no meat." And actually, the burger. <laughs> I looked around at everyone. I went, "What's wrong with this? This is actually really tasty." And there was other obviously meat eaters there that were genuinely like, "What?" And I was like, "Just." you know I'm, I'm happy to try new things and you know i'm not this luddite who's like ah it i must eat me <laughs> um but it is it's a really cool concept um you know our founder does a really good talk about it how as us as techies we probably produce a lot of co2 in the world with our data centers and how he's trying to look at the three pillars of um you know the sustainability you know a lot of this stuff comes from the way we produce food electricity or energy and travel I think we produce um, so, quite a lot yeah. of CO2 just creating this podcast as well, don't we? <laughs> yeah, we probably do. A lot of hot air and gas. But, um, you know, I'd say go have a look at our website. We've got a lot of stuff up on there. Um, but it is just, you know, it's not techie at all, but it just intrigued me. Um, and the whole carbon neutral side of it, how we recycle stuff, just my analytic brain just went absolutely wild on how all that works. Um, even down to the fact they recycle the rainwater and use seaweed to work as a natural fertilizer and weed killer for the pitch it's really quite unique and cool well you can become our sustainability <laughs> expert or you know <laughs> well well saying that i know we just joked about it there um hopefully if i get approval my house and or home lab will become solar run and off grid hopefully soon mm. when you say approval um, you mean from from the energy board i'm getting oh, okay. a rather large hopefully substantial amount of soda on the roof um and i didn't realize there's a tipping scale where you have to apply for lots and lots and lots of paperwork it's not just about the waff alex i was see that's where no, i was going about that. the <laughs> well it kind of is because she's like how much of our roof is going to be covered in soda panels and i'm like most of it it's also um, also in that way uh we could then probably will be able to come claim that our podcast is also partially sustainable <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we, we could probably run it from here and we are a green podcast then. Um, who's who's going to claim those tax breaks? <laughs> wow. Well, um, but, no, you know, again, my analytics out of that, it's it's a project I will probably blog about. Um, it's got me really intrigued at the moment is actually how can we do the little bits? You know, I drive you both, well, all you guys here are there. No, I drive an electric car day today, how that's had a difference. Um, and when I actually did the mass with the lovely smart meter that got installed, despite all the security, we could go on a whole podcast and that, um, actually made me realize, well, actually with a bit of solar, I can live fairly off grid, if not 90%, if when a few bits. You can almost turn into one of those Yeah, preppers. kind of. But... Lots of cans of beans. <laughs> yeah. and I was just, I've just been reading The Road. I don't know if you've ever read that. I don't want to see the film The Road. Which is kind of like a post-apocalyptic oh, thing. So yeah. all my brain at the moment is just going, oh, I must go out and buy pasta. Mine's more the guilt of the driving a big, massive car and leaving the lab on day to day, which if I know my lab's running on sunshine, I don't feel so guilty. <laughs> just re- reading the road, is that in preparation for Brexit next year, Alex? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly <laughs> oh, yeah, it. I did. Yeah. Right. If all you guys shut down and none of you have power, it's fine. I'll just sit at home with the lights on still, just waving. So basically what you're saying is at the end of the world... When the rest of us are dead, you'll make sure the podcast keeps going. Oh, yeah. Excellent. Be on, we'll have to do something like, what is it, ham radio or something by then? <laughs> yeah, actually, uh, one thing that I just wanted to mention that uh, came up, uh, you know this uh, vegan burger that you're talking about? Mm-hmm. 
So while I was in uh, San Francisco for um, Cloud Field Day, uh, I experienced the Impossible Burger. Have you heard of yeah, that? I've heard about this. What's a that? lot of people are talking. Yeah. It's basically a, a synthetically made burger, uh, which is vegan uh, because made uh, with, with certain things. Uh, but it's supposed to feel like uh, real meat uh, and is well, juicy as well in the same way. Mm. Um, and then it was on the menu. So I ordered one. Um, Stephen and I both did. Um, and I think we both are sort of not very sure about it being an impossible in that sense. Uh, although I must say that <laughs> it's, it's, it's very close to being like a burger. It's not the most enjoyable burger, uh, but it doesn't feel vegetarian. It feels meaty. It does. Mm. So, uh, yeah, I, I oh, once experienced okay. the impossible burger. I'm going to wait for the Elon Musk version, I reckon. <laughs> it seems to do everything really well. Although saying that, I'm not sure. Will, will it come in a mini submarine? So good, does it? Oh yeah. dear! Right. Well, what, yeah. Well, if Elon's listening, you know he can sponsor me for doing a podcast here and give me one of his powers if he's feeling friendly. Oh yeah, or his new tiles. Well, not that new now, but the tiles for the roof. That's actually I've said to my I've said to my other half that um, as and when those tiles become available in the UK and we have to eventually replace the the aging roof on our house i definitely want to go down that route so you literally replace the entire roof every single tile is a is a is an electric cell um but from the ground it just looks like normal roof tiles mm. so you get all the advantages of it without necessarily having the you know having to have those things plonked on your roof yeah that's the best thing about it uh, and, and that's that's what i'm waiting for as well is although i'll probably go for a newer house when i do <laughs> so i'll probably need them in like 20 years time and by that time they should be out right yeah, hopefully, yep. hopefully. If nothing's come from privatization gate, that's all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> privatization gate. Yeah, he 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 announced. Um, was it, was it last, Friday? He announced he was oh, going to try and take yeah. Tesla private, and Twitter literally nearly blew up. Um, I'm still haven't read all into it, but it 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 got quite heated. I know we should have probably put some news, and I won't digress this too far. But yeah, it it got intense from the sounds of it. And he had, you know, potential investors over, and it all got a bit. Yeah, there's kind of hearings and stuff come out of it, um, and that's about as far as I got because um, I tried staying offline for once this weekend. Um, but yeah, it was um, it was the one thing that caught my eye because I thought, oh, I'm just about to invest in something Tesla related. Um, hmm, don't want anything crashing just yet. Well, you look at the lights of Dell and so forth; they've gone private. And uh, you know, is it, if you say uh, if you call Tesla a technology company, which I think probably, arguably, they are as much as much right as anybody to call themselves that. Um, and so far, so good from the likes of Dell. So it'd be very interesting to see. What probably be more interesting is when some of these companies start coming back. You know, they, they start refloating themselves to see how successful that is. Because you well, I mean, that's that's that. that's what Dell's in the process of doing at the moment, isn't it? Yep. So. It's uh, yeah. It's there's obviously pros and cons from a from a technology perspective. You get to do all your stuff without having to deal with oversight of the stock markets and things like that. But um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. And you know, Elon Musk, um, polarizing opinion shocker. <laughs> <laughs> he do, he does look like a baddie in a James Bond film, right? <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Oh. Someone's always got to bring some humour to the podcast, haven't they? Um, well, I've probably 
spoke way too long and bored everyone on this podcast, so I do apologise. Um, but um, I believe uh, we're probably going to talk a bit more about Tech Field Day if there's anything left to talk about. And uh, an imminent event, VM World US. Yes. You may well be listening to this while you're walking around if, if you've got nothing better to do. Yeah. But anyway, uh, yeah, let's go into some detail about uh, Cloud Field Day that I attended. Um, and you were asking about which ones were the standout for me. Um, uh, if I have to pick two or three out of the five, because they are all pretty good um, sessions, um, I would say that Eviatrix is the one that I liked the most in terms of um, what what I wanted to get out of it. Um, uh, and then I would say Lightstep and Quisity were pretty, pretty equal after that as well. Um, uh, all the vendors were good, like I said. Um, it's just that uh, those topics interested me more, uh, or the products. Um, so if I quickly just briefly tell what I liked about Aviatrix, I think it'll be good for, for uh, our audience to uh, listen to or look at their product. Um, so, so like I was saying, it was a cloud networking um, is their speciality. Uh, but they are trying to now make it easier in the sense that their product is multi-cloud, first of all. So, so they already support AWS, um, Azure, and Google and trying to build support for other things. But you know when you connect your um, on-premises environment to a public cloud and then you have to create, uh, so, so your primary, so for example, if it's a direct connect, you have... Um, BGP that you have to connect to every VC, VPC if it's AWS and similar for other clouds. What they are trying to do is to create a transit VPN type uh, architecture. So you you connect it once, the BGP uh, connects you to your public cloud once, and then from then on, uh, based on a controller and then gateways, um, there's a transit VPC, VPN um, network. Uh, the advantage that it gives you then is that you may probably made the whole thing software based. So you can then code your environment um, because you don't have to uh, create new BGP routes every time you're trying to connect your environment. And then you can even connect your other clouds um, using the same technology. So it's basically keep extending it to your, even the, uh, say, uh, from AWS. Um, to Azure or Google, um, even if you have one direct connect going back to your environment. So in a nutshell, that's the kind of thing that they're doing. And it's all software um, defined. So APIs are available for everything. So, so that basically, that solution intrigued me quite a lot um, because that sort of makes everything quite easy to deploy. Yeah, that looks. That looks. I'm just looking at their website now. And yeah, it looks, it looks kind of cool. If it's as simple as they seem to be suggesting then yeah i think there's 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 definitely going to be market for that it's not a million miles away from um the is it, is it called velo cloud that vmware acquired or it doesn't seem to be um that they're now branding as one of another nsx product i forget what what exactly they've called it but yeah the idea of being kind of like having everything handled all, all, all the magic happening in the cloud so you don't have to do yeah, all of all of your uh, configuration at every every single site, as you say. Yeah, it'd be interesting. Yeah. See how it see how it takes off. Also, because they are third party, um, so, so not 
basically join to any of these or affiliated to any particular cloud uh, product. Sure. They're sort of more likely to be, you know, uh, feature parity amongst all of them and um, uh, not favoring one over the other or something. Um, so, so that that it'll be interesting to see. Hmm. Sounds sounds quite interesting. The, I guess that's quite niche though, and it it does beg the question if you're going to kind of like you know if you're looking at it um, from the from all sides. Um, you, you wonder how, like, what kind of longevity they may have with a product like that. I mean, it, it begs the question: Are they? They're probably looking for a fairly early exit. So then, who becomes the kind of company who buys them? And what's kind of interesting there is when you look at the likes of Oracle, who went out and bought. Um, who are our friends who we uh, that provide the overlay overlay uh, hypervisors on top of clouds? Ravello, yeah. Ravello, yeah. Ravello, that's the one, yeah. And. Um, you know, I kind of would almost put it in that kind of a category where actually you may find that it's quite agnostic today, but you'll probably find there'll be one of the cloud providers will say, oh, do you know what, that that suits perfectly for what we want to do. Let's just buy them. Um, or worse, maybe uh, somebody like Amazon will just create the equivalent product and, and kill them, but maybe just in a slightly less agnostic Well, fashion. funnily enough, this is exactly the kind of sentiments I had immediately after the session. So I said, okay, first of all, uh, I in fact asked that question to them saying that, you know, you know, AWS, they bring um, out features that uh, typically uh, keeps doing third-party stuff. So um, what if AWS comes up with everything that you're doing now? Uh, but their answer actually was quite quite um, logical that um, even if AWS does all of what they're doing, they are doing it for all the, the different public clouds as well. So it's going to be different, unless, of course, Amazon buys them. Which would be a shame, and that was be uh, that was my second comment. That I hope that uh, none of the cloud providers um, buys them, because then uh, the technology will just disappear. Um, I would much rather some other uh, cloud um, platform company buys them, um, in which case they gain a particular technology, but then it integrates them to the, all the different cloud environments as well. Uh, makes it easier. Um, so. Yeah, that that's exactly what we were saying as well, uh, right after the uh, the presentation. But it's, it's interesting technology. It just makes anything that makes cloud networking simple, um, because there are other mm, cloud networking and simple in one uh, <laughs> in one sentence. That's exactly. not something you hear very often. <laughs> so I actually put made made their slogan for them. I said, uh, "Cloud networking made easy." Um, they seem to like it. I don't know if they're going to adopt it or not. I'll probably get some royalty based on that. Um, <laughs> we watching out for it. Yes, um, uh, light step like uh, was I was also talking about that. That was pretty interesting too. Um, so you know your traditional uh, monitoring software, which sort of I don't know monitors a particular environment for a particular length of time, look at metrics. Um, Infrastructure level or application level? So, so typically, uh, I was talking about traditional, which is typically infrastructure level, right? This particular product mm -hmm. is application uh, monitoring. Uh, so they call it Lightstep XPM. So application performance monitoring, they've changed it to XPM. So anything performance monitoring, if you like. Um, but that's sort of um, very focused on the different kinds of architectures and then uh, but focusing more on the microservices type because the more you distribute an application, 
the more it could be affected by various smaller processes. Uh, because typically you would look at a metric, right? Uh, which could be any number of things. It's just a particular metric that you monitor. Uh, but if you're in a microservices environment, um, then you could have many processes that could be affecting the one big thing or the one process that you're making up using the different smaller uh, pieces of it. And any one of them can be affecting the, the ultimate process. Um, so it's a, it's a more difficult problem to solve. And um, Lightstep are trying to do that using their own mechanism. Um, they didn't go into a huge amount of detail as to what the technology is doing. Uh, but uh, what they are doing made sense. And it uh, it seems like a very, um, a very detailed um, and uh, reliable process to work with. Um, it's still, I think it's still to see uh, how successful they'll be. Um, but uh, it was definitely an interesting product. Uh, lastly, Cohesity. I think it... Uh, we all know what Cohesity does, right? So it's uh, basically um, a primary, secondary storage appliance um, setup, uh, mainly designed for on-premises, but they are now trying to get into the multi-cloud environment as well. Um, yeah, because they've, they've always been around, yeah, as you say, appliances, it's been a scale-out distributed storage appliance. Yeah. Uh, I think the, the founder was uh, originally part of the team who worked on was it, I can't remember if it was Google file system or it was part of Nutanix. Yeah, both. Yeah. Right. So um, he worked on both. Um, so, yeah, uh, the same um, CEO. Um, but the, the one thing that now is um, intriguing is that um, how they're trying to use the public cloud environment to do all sorts of different things. So it's not just about the backup anymore, obviously. It's also about that, you know, you've stored the backup there. Um, then you recreate it um, and do testing, for example. Um, or what I did, did suggest to them actually was that when you're creating this environment, it doesn't actually create in the same way as um, SRM used to do, you know, uh, re-IP and isolate, and then you have a complete environment. So I said to them that, you know, if you're going to do public cloud, um, it should be quite easy to, you know, then define a, a template, say, okay, go use this data, but follow this template and have a complete environment re-IP'd uh, so that it's an instant environment to test with. Um, so funny enough, everything that was coming up in the session, um, they're saying that, yes, we are working on that. Uh, it should be in the next <laughs> next release. Prescient. It's almost like you know what you're talking about, Arthur, isn't it? <laughs> well, it almost, almost seems like it, which is, which is surprising. Um, but Aaron Delp actually was quite... <laughs> quite actually uh, funny. Funnily, he actually interrupted one session to say that, say that um, one of those things that you're talking about uh, is not, we're not joking. It's, it's actually something that we are working on and uh, they should come out soon. Um, so, so it was a very good team. Uh, the demos were live. So that's what we all enjoy, don't we? Yeah, and and also cringe at just in case it all goes wrong. You got to hope they've uh, slaughtered the appropriate goats and so forth and prayed to the demo <laughs> god. <laughs> they probably did because it went really well. Um, the interface is also pretty nice, actually. Um, so all in all, uh, I enjoyed the session quite a lot. Two, it was two hours long, um, and finished. Well, time flew past really, and we didn't really feel a thing. So. Um, 
so yeah, I needless to say, I enjoyed Cloud Field Day quite a lot. Um, for more, it's on the blog post because I won't want to tie, uh, take a lot of the time on that. Uh, but also, I'm going to go to VMworld uh, US this time, uh, officially blogging uh, from there. Oh, nice. So you got a blogger pass for that, didn't you? I do. Yes, yeah, awesome. I do have a blogger pass for that. Um, and also, um, yeah, I couldn't just, you know, have one bite at the apple. Um, so I'll be killing two birds with one stone. Um, not only VMworld US, but also Tech Field Day Extra US. So I'll be attending those as well. So you'll be seeing me streaming again uh, from Las Vegas. Awesome. Excellent. Sounds like you're going to be a busy man for the next couple of months, eh? Yeah, August has been quite interesting. Uh, I'll probably could go into more detail, but we'll, we we don't have time for that. So um, I think uh, I should uh, ask. Actually, you know, the new new thing is that Alex... You and Gareth, you have been added to the V All Stars by Rubric. Yeah. Were you expecting that? <laughs> I literally didn't find that out until we came on to record this. Just now. <laughs> <laughs> I was probably um, trying to find something about it at the weekend and, and didn't see anything. And it, it looks like it went up in the last kind of 16 or so hours at the time of us recording. So, yeah, seems interesting. So, if anyone grabs my card, I'll be wow interested in. Yeah, so for, for, for anybody who doesn't know what the, the V All-Stars thing is, it's basically getting yourself turned into um, a, like a like a Trump card, although not with a picture of Trump on it, because that would be wrong. Maybe it's Top Trumps. That was what I was looking <laughs> I, to say. I don't, I don't know that Top Trumps <laughs> Trump travels Trump. internationally very well, to be honest, but yeah, I think it's... Uh, yeah. It, Oh, top trumps must do. I would hope our friends in the states would would certainly have top trumps there when they were growing up. And if not, then, then they're missing. You out. all had very sad childhoods. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> Google it. <laughs> yeah, so that that'd be quite cool. Uh, but moving on swiftly to the news, I think Kev, you had uh, some interesting stuff that um, had come out of DefCon. Is that right? Yeah, well, not not so much out of DefCon, but um, obviously, just up just a year ago, there was that the horrific shooting in in Las Vegas, and it seems that Caesar's Palace, which was hosting the DefCon conference, um, their security staff got a little over exuberant, should we say, and were found to be essentially breaking into people's rooms breaking into people's suitcases and things like that under the guise of um, keeping us all safe. Um, there, there was some pretty horrendous stuff seen on, uh, on, on, on Twitter, including, you know, just single women in, in a room terrified calling down to, uh, to, to the reception desk going, there's a guy at the door who says he's security. Can you identify him? And they couldn't. So yeah, it's not been an exercise in, uh, in excellent publicity, and I believe uh, one of the, the the guy in charge of security at DefCon has offered his resignation over the whole event. So, uh, wow! Really? Yeah, the the, the 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 community seems to be saying, um, "No, we need people like you. Don't don't go." But yeah, something needs to be done. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's it's. It, you know, people going to DefCon. It's for, for those who don't know it. It's it's a it's a it's a big security conference. So people turn up with all kinds of toys to um, clone your RFID um, chips, and you know, people turn up with lock picks that and that that obviously doesn't go down well with the security services. Um, 
so yeah, have have a look on Twitter for the the DefCon hashtag. Uh, there's lots of stuff there. I'm, I'm hoping things aren't quite as bad uh, for when you go out there for uh, for VMworld, Arthur. But uh, do stay safe. Yeah, that's the idea. I was going to say, you know, on the, on the flip side, on a positive note, um, <clears throat> I may well have uh, got one of the spot prizes in one of the days, and I actually had uh, one of the security staff actually offer to escort me back. So, you know, it's not all terrible. You know, there are some good people out there in Vegas. You know, they're, they're... Oh, this is so you didn't get mugged for whatever the prize was? Yeah, yeah. So, wow. um, you know, obviously the guy could see I was anxious, and I kind of thought a bit suspicious, and, you know, he then showed me his ID, and there are kind of guys between the hotels that make sure that some of the walkways are kept safe. Um, so, you know, it, it, it was mm. quite a nice offer. Um, I just literally sprinted by that point. I was like, nope. Yeah, I mean, I was I was there uh, earlier this year for Dell Technologies World, and, you know, it, it was absolutely fine. There were no, no problems whatsoever, and I was staying in a Caesars uh, hotel. So I can only assume it's, it's either down to the fact that it's like the one-year anniversary and there's a court case going on, or... Um, it's because it's DEFCON and people turn up who are likely to try and uh, screw with your hotel booking systems and things like that. Fingers crossed VMworld will be fine. Yeah. I, I, again, I'm not to drag this out, but just curious, does anyone outside of the US even go into this? Because I couldn't imagine trying to get through TSA with any of that kind of gear. It's for <laughs> trouble, isn't it? It's well, just, that, that wasn't that when Trump, Trump was basically trying to get everybody's phones scanned, and you know you'd have to give over all the data on your phones <coughs> and stuff like that. It seems to be currently well, on pause, at least. I wouldn't necessarily say it's likely gone away. It wasn't last time we were coming back from um, Roberto Blogs Day. I got stopped because my belt set it off, and then I had to get full-on search. And I was like, really? Oh. <laughs> yeah, but to be fair, it was it was the Batman belt. <laughs> oh yeah, wow. Well, yeah, yeah. my utility belt with all my gadgets, it's all good. I must say that I've been quite lucky. Um, the two times this year I've been to the US, um, it's been okay. Mm. But now that I've jinxed it, uh, <laughs> who knows? True. Well, um, yeah, again, just, just so we keep on pace, I believe um, I don't know much about, well, I know a little bit about this, but again, foreshadow. Um, follow one from kind of spectrum or not from from what i've kind of briefly read and it means another patching run for most people yeah yeah so 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 essentially it's a vulnerability in um intel's sgx um attestation technology which is used so that you can write code and give it to someone to run on a computer that you don't trust and you can essentially be happy that that code is running untampered with and so Essentially, how how the proof of concept works is they, they they compromise the code. They run an amended version of the code, but the uh, the CPU still attests that it's the valid code that's been run. So it kind of breaks the whole um, root of trust uh, side of things. And patches for it, uh, yeah. It, it, there's there's uh, more performance patches. This this one's only affecting Intel. Um, so AMD will be happy about that, and ARM and whoever else. Um, but yeah, there's there's a performance impact, and basically the higher the harder you're working your CPU, the greater the performance impact is going to be. So um, test test before deploying to all of your ESXi hosts, for example. 
So where you might, for example, want to have a high utilization platform like, oh, I don't know, a cloud platform. Or, 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 or VDI. Yeah. Those, those are the two yeah. kind of key. Or, you know, if you're, if you're running, uh, it doesn't have to be virtualization. You, know, you, could, you could be running on, on, uh, on bare metal um, with, I don't know, high, use, high usage Oracle server or something like that. And when you patch to, to mitigate these, these vulnerabilities, yeah, it, it, I've, I've seen the, the, the figures seem to be if you're, if you're hitting, if you're running your CPU at 90%, there's a 30% performance impact. And if you're running your, your CPU, I think it's at about 70%, that drops down to sort of two or 3%. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it, if, if, if you're, if you're working your machines hard, it's it's going to be very expensive to resolve. Wow. So the so the gist of it is basically if you were following best practice design guidelines and giving yourself a little bit of an overhead, you're probably going to be all right. Yeah. But if not, you're stuffed. Pretty much, but yeah, as as, as I said, not all um, not all workloads um, scale in the same way. So. Uh... Yeah, we'll, we'll see see how see how things uh, come out. Obviously, there's there's a there's a discussion to be had with your security officer. You may well think that you know you you have sufficient, sufficiently mitigated the the risks involved in uh, in the exploit that you don't need to apply this patch. But chances are, a security officer is not going to buy that. Yeah, they've never been known to ask for less security, in my experience. Yeah. Until you go, right, okay, so to mitigate it, it's going to cost us this many zeros. So, yeah, Kev, I think, I guess it's the age-old conversation about what, how much risk you're prepared to accept and how much you are willing to spend on it. So I guess it all goes back to that, doesn't it? Um, I, before we wrap up, because uh, this is going to be a, uh, meant to be a quick short session before being involved, um, so... Um, I just wanted to remind everyone that um, uh, while VMworld US is going on, Tech Field Day Extra will be streaming live as well. Um, I will be there, and I hope that you are too, because I felt a little bit less uh, uh, participation this time from people. Um, so maybe you could uh, make up for all of that by being present for those uh, and participate in the conversations that will be going on. I'll do my best. Yeah, me too. Good. Cool. Well, thanks everyone for listening in again. Um, you know, don't forget to uh, drop us a review on iTunes or Stitcher, or even drop by our new podcast, The V Mashup. We hope to bring a few more of these uh, out throughout the year as we uh, find other victims or, or people willing to come on. Um, you know, if you want to get involved in the show, drop us a tweet at OpenTechCast or drop us an email, podcast at opentechcast.com. And uh, remember, stay conferency initiating extraction initiating extraction thanks for listening to the open tech cast thanks for listening to the open tech cast see you next time